There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Let's get a level on everyone. Chris, you want to give me a one, two? So um, I have a memory of Bruce when I was very young in my career that I'm, I can't wait to share. Well, here we go. Did you guys leave the room? Yeah. Very young in my career. Dad, you want to give me a level? Check one, check two. <clears throat> check one, check two. Check one, check two. I'm going to go grab my water. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, one, two. Loud and clear. Beautiful. Could you grab me a water, Deb? Hey, grab me a water. Who's got I'm good. water? I'll take a scotch, actually. <laughs> Well, I know we have limited time here, so let's get started. In the last 32 years, WTOP has changed a lot with different music, as you just heard, and new technologies. But what hasn't changed is the presence of these three incredible journalists. So let me introduce them to you more formally. Standing before me here is WTOP reporter Christy King. Hello. Good afternoon. WTOP morning drive anchor Bruce Allen. Hey, hey. And WTOP midday anchor Deborah Feinstein. Hi. We've gathered these three here because they make up what I like to call the class of 1990, 1990. See, Bruce, Deborah, and Christy all arrived at WTOP during the same month 32 years ago and are all departing the Glass Enclosed Nerve Center in December 2022. Now, we will get into the how, why, and goodbye later, but to start, I want to jump into a time machine with these three and talk about how each got here. Bruce, start us off. How'd you get to the Glass Enclosed Nerve Center? Well, I had been working at a talk station before here, WWRC, uh, hosting a, a morning show with Ed Walker, and station decided they were going in a different direction, mm. and uh, I went in this direction and mm. came over here and uh, got hired by Holland Cook. I also got hired by Holland Cook. I started working on the Hill, covering Capitol Hill, the White House, the court. I did that for a few years and then went over to USA Today. Uh, where we tried to launch sort of a radio version of the newspaper mm. um, and uh, did a little writing for the paper. And uh, and then I came over here and was working seven days a week wow. because I was still over at Gannett and working weekends here, Poor hoping baby. to get on the air. <laughs> Dedication. Sure, it was, you, you sure know, did. You know, back then, that's what you did. So. Well, well, when Holland Cook hired me, he said, don't take this job in traffic thinking you'll slide your way into the newsroom. But I had started out journalism at WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida. I was covering sheriff's press conferences, going to city council meetings. And then they decided they wanted to put a traffic reporter in the air. And it had been four years since two people died in a plane crash doing traffic in Jacksonville. Mm. Wow. And they, they thought I could sound like a bimbo for the FM and sound serious for the AM. They wanted me in their airborne traffic. So I did it for four months. My college roommate said he needed a roommate up here. 
and come up here. I put 20 resume tapes in the mail. This is the days when you'd get a big book in the library and you go, oh, look, that's that place in Salisbury wow. who offered me to interview. And Holland Cook hired me to do traffic. Four months later, the Gulf War broke out and he kept, and, and the news director kept saying, we need people to volunteer on Saturday. We need people to volunteer. And I'm like, I know how to do all of this. Put I'm me here. to work. And then, and then get a load of this. The news director, Mike Rushlow, he brought me into the newsroom because he hated the way I sounded doing traffic. <laughs> I, I was driving a vehicle that looked like you could launch the, the space shuttle from it, doing six live traffic reports an hour from the Beltway. Three minutes before seven o'clock. Let's get another report on traffic. This time, I had five Amico scanners, a two-way radio I'd go live with, telephone calls I'd confirm with the police and stuff about accidents. And I drove 300 miles a day just circling the Beltway going live while I was driving, thank you, <laughs> safety first, right? Oh, my goodness. How did I survive that? And you brought this up, Christy, but 1990, a lot was different back then. Bruce and Deb, you know, you guys started anchoring a week within each other. What mm-hmm. was it like? What was WTOP looking like? Where was it? What was it feeling like? I mean, it was okay at the time. We didn't know where things were going. So the equipment we had and what we needed was adequate. It thing, I think things have changed over the years more for reporters than for anchors. Mm. I mean, for us in the studio, we still push a button and Christy comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's happening at her end is way different than it used to be. Right, right. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the Gulf War. I happened to be on the air the, the night that I, I had only been working at the station as an anchor for a couple of months mm. when uh, the U.S. got involved in that war. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, I am on the air and I don't know what to say or how to do this. I was brand new and there was breaking news and somebody beeped into my ear and said, just say this just into WTOP. And I was like, <laughs> great, that's a good thing to say. I'm and gonna a phrase say that. was born. And a phrase was born. And uh, uh, yeah, it was. Um, but in terms of the technology, I think that is really where the where the biggest changes have been. Mm. When Bruce and I started, we were splicing tape with razor blades and then wow. taping it together. On reel-to-reel machines. On reel-to-reel machines. We had cart machines that are, you know, there was nothing digital. There, You know, obviously there were no smartphones at the time. We were basically putting in eight-track, what looked like eight-track cassettes, and it, that's where our sound came from. And at the end of the day, you'd erase them and re-record over them. And, wow. You know, you would walk into the studio with a stack of sound you know, and if you spilled them, oh high. my heavens! Because yes. you've got your whole hour stacked <laughs> exactly with, scripts, with stories. Sound, script, yep. sound, script, the sound. idea that you could physically spill stories yes. is mind-boggling to me. It you did, could drop one. You could drop a story physically. Yeah. It did feel good though when we were editing with uh, grease pencil and uh, and razor, razor blades. blades. It felt really good when you made a good edit though. Yeah. Now it's easy. It's right because like, that's your that's your hand and eye doing the work. You're a surgeon. That was a good feeling. Wow. And even starting as a journalist in the field. The rate that the cell phone I would use was the size of a car battery yeah. because wow. of the battery. I mean, and and I'd go to the Independence Day Parade on Independence Avenue and literally park on the grass at the ellipse and block a cop car so I could go and talk to people, get man on the street to ask him, what do you think of the parade? Mm. <laughs> right. And that was before 9-11. Yeah. And you know, that brings up, I have a list here that Bruce, you know, thankfully gave me of all the huge things that happened. Mount Pleasant riots, 9-11 attacks, D.C. sniper, U.S. invasion of Iraq, Hurricane Katrina. You know, the list goes on and on. I would actually say the Mount Pleasant riots happened shortly after we got here. And yeah. that, that gave us a good chance to really polish 
covering breaking news. Mm -hmm. All of us uh, at the station at the time. WTOP News Time 816. Good evening. I'm Bruce Allen. Here is the top story from WTOP News Radio 15. The confrontation continues in Mount Pleasant, a renewal of last night's violence. Paul Wagner, in particular, at the mm-hmm. time, did some great reporting during the Mount Pleasant riots. Mm. Here comes the crowd now, Bruce. They're starting to move back towards me. Oh, here comes the tear gas. They're firing tear gas now. And here comes the crowd. A tear gas canister just in front of me. Running down in front of me. Something just hit me. I just got hit with a bottle. Just by hit with a bottle. Here comes the tear gas. Gotta catch my breath. And Paul Wagner down in the Mount Pleasant area where apparently the scene has come to somewhat of a head with police firing tear gas into the crowd. You mentioned, Paul, you got hit with a bottle. Are you okay? Yes, I'm, I'm okay. It was a crazy time, but we were all better for it at the end, uh, having covered something like that, which le- which covered a span of several days. And for those of us who have heard you throughout the years, I mean, I- I'm 26, I've heard you all my entire life, you know, how do you guys keep calm during these intense heavy moments how do you bring the news in such a digestible way third you, person disassociation how do you, how do you not <laughs> psychological I mean, yeah, okay, stuff yes, I don't yeah. know. you got to tell the story and you got to stay calm and right and it's really you know if you're in the studio and and you as the gatekeeper mm. um if you're not calm then it sort of sets the tone for um just sort of how the broadcast is going to go and so you just sort of uh have to take a deep breath and think about you know what is the information that the listener really needs and wants to hear? Mm. And just, you know, take a step back, really. I mean, if you tr- if you let it spin out of control, you're done. Yeah. Uh, you have to keep it somewhat modulated. I mean, you can have an intensity and a passion and uh, a little excitement, but you really have to stay in control because there are things that you want to tell in the story in a certain order. Make sure you're listening to what else is happening from the reporter, from interviews. Things like that. So but we are human and, you know, stories mm. obviously have an impact on us as well. And I'm thinking particularly about the Sandy Hook shooting um, when I had a personal connection to that. Mm. My, my sister-in-law is a teacher at the school and still is. Live from the Glass Enclosed Nerve Center, here are Mark Lewis and Deborah Feinstein. Good afternoon and thanks for being with here as we continue to monitor the breaking developments out of Newtown, Connecticut, Laura Feinstein joins us live here on WTOP. Laura, thank you so much for being with us. I know this has been an incredibly terrifying day for you. Tell us what happened uh, on your firsthand account. Where were you uh, when this started to unfold? I was in the back of the building in my classroom getting ready to greet my students. Um, They were on their way down, and I heard an unusual noise, which was sort of metallic sounding, pop, 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 and it it sounded like gunshots. And I hurried my two kids into the classroom, and um, I I locked the door, and I called the office. And the office secretary picked up the phone, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, there's someone in the building shooting. For everybody in the newsroom, that was just such a difficult day on so many levels. And... um, you know, there are times where as an anchor, you just have to say, you know, I'm going to take a break here for a minute and hope that your co-anchor or uh, a commercial can sort of save you from from yourself. And kind of like Bruce was saying, you're so focused in the moment of the message and the information you need to portray. Right. You are absorbed completely in the present, in the moment, in the place of, of delivering the information that's relevant. And then you go home and cry. Right. Mm. You know, like yeah, it's with, a breakdown at the end of the day. With, with the sniper, um, yeah. there's a Friday after, Friday night, 
It's my Friday night. I'm sitting on the couch watching X-Files. Hello. That was a Friday night thing. Well, anyway, um, and drove practically to Richmond. The news conference was right in front of a hotel. I booked the hotel room. Tom Fody and I, who worked for the network, we shared all night long going live. We had a little Comrex, the magic. If people aren't familiar with the Comrex unit, it allows you to have um, superior audio quality with the equivalent kind of a telephone line. Tom would dial New York and go live network around the you know globe or whoever, CBS. And then he'd hang up. And real quickly, I would dial up the Comrex and go live with WTOP. All night long, we did that. Mm. I drove home at dawn, and I was in tears. I was just, uh, uh, it was so scary yeah. and frustrating, and I was mad, and I was scared, and I was angry, and I and, and, and I just, tears running down my face driving home as the sun's coming up. Mm. So, you know, we've been talking about the heavy moments and how you, know, you all have taken us listeners through those moments over the past 30 years. There are also happy moments on air, obviously. When you guys, as you all depart here, what memories will you smile on the most, you know, as as you leave? Well, there is a happy feeling, even even when the, the news is not great. Mm. If you've done a good broadcast and you feel good about the job you've done, I mean, there is a good feeling about that. Sure, there's your own emotional reaction to, to bad news, but if we've done a good job, that that's not, an, not a happy thing. I mean, that, right. that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, 100%. You all shared a piece of audio with me. This is Deb and Bruce, where you guys, I guess, had laughing gas um, in the studio or something. Tell, tell us what happened. Oh, my goodness. So we do this free lunch Friday thing every week where we give lunch to lucky winners on Fridays. We were anchoring together at the time. We were co-anchoring. And um, I decided I was going to go ahead and read the free lunch Friday promo and um, I started off by saying something about it happening on Friday because it's free lunch Friday. <laughs> and it, it, I was ad-libbing and it sounded ridiculous. <laughs> Reminder, free lunch Friday happens on Fridays. When else would free lunch Friday happen? And I looked over at Bruce and he gave me sort of an eyebrow because he knew that it sounded ridiculous. Could do it on <laughs> Thursday and take everybody by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have to finish it now. <laughs> and he said something funny, and it set me off. And I, oh boy, you have to, you have to go online, wtop.com. Oh boy, and sign up to win. We'll tell you about it in a minute. We can I was done. For I could not. I could not carry on at all. And when she lost it, since we're twelve inside. Um... I was gone. You're 12. Too. I'm 14. <laughs> we should finish explaining. Yeah, we should. Every Friday, we pick one lucky office to win free lunch for everybody in the office. And it only happens on Friday. So it's WTOB.com. Search free lunch Friday. Your money at 25 and 55 on WTOP. Jeff, help us. Oh, I, I that, the laughing gas must be incredibly strong in there. Oh, boy. Yeah, the Dow's down 37. Jeff Claybaugh had to save the day. Yeah, we had to go to commercial the first time. Then we came back, and and Jeff saved the day. Mm. Oh, man. The fun things, um, breaking news, Stevie Wonder's having a pop-up concert. You need to go to the Stadium Armory. And, and then people are showing up because they're all reading it on social media, which has also been quite an evolution in our 30 yeah. years, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm literally in the area... 
this close to the stage. Stevie Wonder, Dynamite. Oh, my mm. goodness. I mean, <laughs> but, but then you go to the celebratory events like um, the parade after the, the hockey team wins the... Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm such a hockey fan. No, no, no. I don't but, know sports at all. Yeah. Well, that crowd on the National Mall includes a lot of diehard hockey fans from the area. WTOP's Christy King caught up with some who've been lacing up skates since they were kids. People still pouring into the area. We have these gentlemen from Southern Maryland. Why is this important to you? I grew up playing hockey. I've been around the area my whole life. I've been waiting for this since 98, you know. I watched the loss. I'm ready for this win. We got the cup now. We're here. Why does this matter to you? Hockey is life. That's what we're here for. Yeah, people driving by in their cars, waving flags and honking and climbing on light poles with the exuberance of this collective, everybody just gathering because we're all one with it. And and the joy and feeling, the camaraderie and community, it's just so powerful to be part of that in Mm. the middle of it. So listeners have heard you all, you know, tell the news, but rarely have they heard directly from you to them. What message do you have to the listeners who have woken up with you all, driven to work with you all, cooked their dinner with you all? What do you have to say to them who have listened to you and been with you for 32 years? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I think it's, you know, it's important to remember that there is... You know, they only hear us on the air, but there is a staff of really hardworking people in this newsroom every day Mm. that is basically reinventing the wheel every single day. It's a new slate of things to cover and tackle. And um, we don't always get it right, but and we don't always get it first, but we really try hard to do both of those things. And it's that way for every story. You know, I mentioned reporters out on the street during the Mount Pleasant riots, but there were also... Two editors at the desk. Yeah. Um, there was mm-hmm. a whole staff here making phone calls, yeah. lining up interviews, um, fact-finding, fact-checking. So, yeah, great support here. It, it has been thrilling and so very fulfilling. Um, I, I can't imagine um, a better team of leaders I mean, over the year, there have been so many owners, right? We've transitioned We've a lot. A few, I remember a, a new owner. Pretty steady since the '90s, though. <laughs> the '90s were a little crazy, but I, I remember <laughs> the a 90s new were owner crazy. coming in, and the only thing that changed was we quit running lottery advertising, and they said, "Can we buy you any equipment? Do you need anything to do your job better?" You know, I, I mean, just but the leaders we've had have just been fabulous, and the colleagues. I mean, this really is a community here. WTOP feels very much like a family because yeah. we have to work so in the newsroom. You have to really over communicate. It, it's very um, you complete each other's sentences. You have to all look out for each other because the goal is the same: mm. to be accurate. To, to get the information that you need to not repeat stuff or say the wrong stuff or have the, you know, so the, the, it's like we're all the eight arms of the octopus with one brain and we somehow make it all work. And, and that, that feeling of community and family from a team in the newsroom, that's powerful. Will you all miss it? Huh. Damn right. <laughs> sure. I will miss getting up at, uh, you know, two, two o'clock in the morning, but. I've, I've loved doing it all these years, and it's, it'll be hard to stop it without missing it. Yeah, I love it. I love the people I work with, really, so. Mm. Agree. Almost a lot it's, of it. It's like uh, brothers and sisters, basically. We fight, we argue, we make up, we, you know. It's a passionate place um, with a lot of smart people with great ideas. 
and it's um, it's hard to to walk away from. It's really hard. It's mm. very bittersweet on mm. so many levels. It's exciting, but it's also nerve wracking. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, in this business, having this type of longevity that the three of us have is so rare, as you know. I mean, people bounce around from yeah. station to station. So, you know, being at the same place for, for decades is really unusual. And I'm so grateful that they've kept us on this long and that we've had the opportunity to, you know, bring fantastic news and a great product to people. Like in hospitals, in newsrooms, there's this dark humor sometimes and when bad things happen <laughs> bad stories yeah. right who am i going to tell these things to now you gonna call or text gonna, me who's going to want to hear them <laughs> <laughs> you know the newsroom number <laughs> all right i got you <laughs> so as you all leave this family and I, I know i can speak for the entire newsroom we will all miss you dearly what advice do you have especially for you know maybe someone like me who's coming up and just starting their you know career what advice do you have to people who want to get into this radio industry that's changed so much what do you have to say to us Find the young people <laughs> and bring them on board. You know, yeah. it's it, there's a lot of talk that, you know, FM radio isn't listened to as much as it was when we were, you know, coming up. Uh, there are so many other ways to get your news now and um, and your information. I think it's really key to, to bring in the younger generation and figure out, um, you know, how to get people to listen and to, and to stay with us here on WTOP. It's we do something that no other medium in the market is doing. I mean, mm. we're covering, you know, local and, and national news like nobody else and, um, you know, give us the opportunity to show you what we can do. Mm. Don't let mistakes discourage you. Young people come in and they'll say to me, oh, you probably never make a mistake anymore. You've been here so long. And I'm thinking, mm. no, that's just, I've made every possible mistake <laughs> multiple times. So right. don't worry about making a mistake. It's what happens afterwards. Remember that uh, interview we did with that doctor one time? <laughs> Bruce and I did, just as a quick aside. Please. Bruce and I did it. Uh, we were co-anchoring. We had a live interview with a with a doctor who who a shall cardiologist go, who shall go unnamed. Right, but it was basically on two subjects. Right, and so what happened? We literally confused both subjects. We conflated them, and every question we asked was like <laughs> he had to correct. He had to correct. We it was literally we looked at each other after we asked the question, and he was like, "Well, no, not really." And we would like look at each other and be like, "What?" Are, it was the worst live interview we've ever done. I think. Yeah. For yeah, somebody it was who fun, was for for someone who's thinking about entering the field of journalism. I I would strongly advocate for internships. Some people. Ha Sometimes people may have a romantic notion about what they think they want to do and not have a perception about what it actually involves. Yeah. These are not bankers hours. Right. You are not going to work right. nine to five. It's true. You are going to work holidays. You have it's it's almost like being a cop or a medical professional. Mm -hmm. It's a 24 hour gig. Right. And you have to be engaged. You have to be um, aware of what's happening in your community. You have to know what I mean. It's the the omniscience of. Oh, you don't want to say, you know, have be misinformed because something's developed without you because you didn't read the paper on the day you were off. Mm. And then you get back to work and you have to hit the ground running and know what's happening. So right. be prepared for a 24 hour environment. That's we were deemed you have essential workers it. during the pandemic. Yeah. And that's really what you're speaking yeah. to. I mean, that's what it is. You just you have to be on call and present 24 seven. Yep. Mm. One of the things that we, we've talked about how close everybody feels here, but one of the things that sort of encourages that 
we've covered multiple snowstorms and blizzards over the years. Right. When there's a multi-day event, they stash us all in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, if they've got a staff for the next three, four days, that's a lot of people from this workplace in the same hotel. Well, the bar was fun. busy. That's fun. <laughs> as long Blizzards as it doesn't get fun. in the way of work, here it, first. <laughs> it can be fun. It can. So, Bruce, you mentioned, you know, you make mistakes. And when you're live on air, you just got to keep going. You got you to keep moving. You got to go to the next thing. So for you all, what is the next step? I know it might not be you know, certain here, but uh, I'm dying to ask. What's the next step? Christy, you want to start off? Stay tuned. When <laughs> I figure it out, I'll let you know. Sounds good. First thing I want to do is not get up to see 2 o'clock in the morning. I Cheers. Haven't, haven't planned anything else <laughs> beyond that. Yeah, I don't. I I don't really know yet. And uh, I told my husband not to talk to me about finding a new job for six months. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, you know, something fun and exciting and new and different. Mm, wow. Well, it's been again, as I said, ninety-six combined years of experience at WTOP News whew. here. Yeah, phew, is right. <laughs> I hate we to let old. you guys outside of the like room. Mark, I mean, Mark, is Marconi there anything else you guys want to say? Her. The floor is yours. Woo. What do we say? I don't know. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, it's been fantastic. And partly because it's been run by fantastic people mm. yeah. who let us be ourselves. And uh, as long as we were professional and did a good job, they treated us like people more than commodities. And, 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 and we're not the only people who are leaving. There was yes. a voluntary buyout. There are how many? Five other people uh, besides us who are amazing and work in all different parts of the station for the web and and different things. And um, it, it, it's a it's a pretty big exodus yep. of of people with experience leaving at the same time. But um, they'll be able to you know fill out, fill the holes and and and. I, I don't faith. want to say replace us, but I'm going to say, you know, they'll be fine without us. And, right. And I mean, no, that was a question. Do you have faith and believe in WTOP? Oh, absolutely. This? Yeah. Okay. Some it's great a young, talented people here. I mean, very talented. Mm -hmm. And that's what's made it fun. Right. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. My true honor to be here. I, I, <laughs> I've cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> believe me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not us old farts, though, that make it a fun place. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. You guys it's make just, a pretty it's convincing so weird. argument. It's like, how did we become the old farts? Like, I feel like we, we kind of— When we started, it was the opposite. Right. right. We started, and, you know, in fact, I started two weeks after Bruce did, and I sat down next to him, next to his writing station, and I was like, how do you do this? And he was like, don't ask me. I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and that doesn't We figured seem, it out together. doesn't seem like it was more than 30 years ago, right? I mean, it's oh just God. crazy, crazy, crazy. Wow. Lots happened. It's been rough, though. We're actually only in our 30s now. <laughs> right. <laughs> there were no child labor laws back then. Thank you all for making the time and really opening your hearts and sharing what you're thinking as you depart this WTOP newsroom. Thanks, Pressure's Luke. on you now, Luke. I know. Jeez. I'm feeling you have to carry the, the torch. I know. It's like, whoa. The next generation is you. Live it. It's great. Keep listening. Yes. You got it. Thanks, y'all.